I can only begin to tell you the stories of people I had to kick out of bathrooms that were using drugs or flashing the restaurant or calling the police. I guess the biggest challenge was maybe feeling stuck in a career I wasn't fulfilled in. Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. In last week's episode with Dr. Rowena Winkler, we discussed on how her father's passing was that significant event in her life that made her want to change direction with her career. And to continue this theme of how significant events changes people's careers for the better, I have invited Emily Mazarik to discuss her journey on getting into UX UI design. So a little bit about Emily before we get started. She has a degree in biochemistry and was planning to pursue medicine. It was during her third application when she realized that she would likely secure a C that she started to have more anxiety about getting in rather than being rejected. She then enrolled in career counseling and landed on UX design as an option that could be a great fit for her. She ended up graduating with a diploma in user experience design in April 2021, and she's been working full-time as a product designer for the last eight months. In her free time, you can find her riding her bike, checking out a new restaurant with her partner, or cleaning up after her parrot Cheeto. Now let's get into my discussion with Emily on how to successfully transition from a non-technical career to a technical career in UX UI design. Hey, Emily, thank you for taking the time to speak with me and to share your story from you transitioning from a non-technical industry such as hospitality into UX UI design. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't you break it down in terms of like, in brief, your career before you decided to go to UX UI design? Why don't you walk us through that part of your story? So I actually thought that I was going to be a doctor for like years. From like childhood, I studied biochemistry in university I worked in a molecular biology lab and the cycle to get into medical school takes about a year. So during my undergraduate degree and following that, I've been working in restaurants. Uh, I started as a host, went to a server, even did management. I really enjoyed that, but was just looking for something like a lasting impact, I guess you could say. So like being a doctor seemed like the answer, right? Like prestigious career is going to be very fulfilling. You know, it's going to pay really well. I'm going to be obviously very satisfied and I kept applying again and again. And I think it was the third time I was applying and I was realizing I was probably going to get a seat that cycle. And it kind of dawned on me that I didn't actually want a seat. I wanted to just keep serving and traveling and like having really great work-life balance. Because once I got into medical school, that was going to be another eight to 10 years of school. And then once I started, it wasn't like I was going to have like, you know, evenings and weekends off for the rest of my life. It was going to be on-call shifts. It was going to be nuts. And the more I thought about it, the more terrified I was. So I actually decided to go do some career counseling because it kind of felt like everything in my life had led up to that point And I was doing a 180 on it, which was terrifying. So I wanted to make sure I had all my information and was making an informed decision. And that was great. If anyone's considering doing that, I highly recommend it. I think everybody should do that. And web designer, architect, those kind of things came up. It's the more like creative side of things. And I started looking a little bit more into it and I learned about UX design. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like it has an analytical side to it. It's all based in data and facts, but there's this creative component where you're problem solving and, you know, actually designing something. And ultimately it helps people, 
which is why I was interested in medicine in the first place. So it seemed to kind of take all of my interests, my passions, and my previous experience working in biochemistry and kind of marry it all together. Great. So what made you decide to like make that move to UX UI design? Like, how did you do the research? Like, did you say like, I'm going to go take a school. I wanted to maybe do some self-teaching on my own to see if I enjoy it. What was the decision to get to that point? I thought about doing self-taught and I knew that I could do it, but as the months went on, I hadn't started. So I realized I was the kind of person that needed to enroll in some kind of program to keep me accountable. So I did end up going the boot camp route. It was January 2021 that I started my program. It was 12 weeks intensive online, and then I graduated in April. Great. And what were you doing? Were you doing another job in between that time when you were learning? No, this was actually during the pandemic. So I had been laid off for like the third or fourth time, which was just further drilling home that I wasn't going to be, I wasn't really passionate about this and like not having control over my career was becoming really increasingly frustrating. So I wasn't working. So it seemed like a huge opportunity to just fully immerse myself into a program and I had nothing else to lose at that point. Okay. So was this bootcamp full-time or was it like part-time hours? It was full-time. So like eight hours a day, Monday to Friday. And then I would usually be spent about four to six hours a day doing coursework and homework afterwards. Okay. And how did you decide to go with this bootcamp compared to the other ones that were out there? Because there's a lot of technical bootcamps coming out now, right? So how did you decide that this was the right one for you? I actually had a friend who was already enrolled in it. And then one of my close friend's cousins was also enrolled in it and they both spoke highly of it. So to me, that was kind of enough to feel confident moving forward with the decision. But in hindsight, I probably could have done a lot more research because I'm realizing now that there is like a plethora of options available. All right. So why don't you walk us through your experience at the school? You said it was 12 weeks full time. So was it overwhelming? This is 2021, right? During the pandemic. So it was all online. There was no school that you could go to, right? In person? Yeah, it was fully online, which ended up being fantastic because the school is based out of Toronto and I live in Calgary, which is not commutable. So I would have been able to do this program if it had been in person and which it is in person now. So I feel very fortunate about that. That worked out in my favor. Yeah. So it was all online. Uh, I did it all day, every day. I didn't find it super overwhelming just because it was the only thing on my plate. I know a lot of people found it a lot to balance and manage, but they maybe had a part-time job on the side or were a parent, had other things going on. For me, because it was the only thing going on and I was able to spend every moment of time that I wanted to on it, it, I didn't find it too bad. Okay. Just a side note, since we're in Canada, this is, you know, hockey country. There's a big rivalry right now with the Oilers and the Flames. Are you big at hockey or not really with everything going on? Oh no, not at all. And this is so embarrassing, but I do have like my one like t-shirt that I pull out of the drawer, like every decade when they make it to the playoffs here, I actually, I have it here. And like, he's not even on the team anymore. Like, I don't even know if he's playing like in the league, but like, I pull it out, you know, like every other Flames fan when the Flames finally pull through. It's rare, but we're loyal when they pull through. So was it pretty like loud last night? Oh, I live like three blocks from the Red Mile. You can hear like every time they score a goal. I don't even need the TV on. All right. Just a little hockey talk because again, uh, you're Calgary and Toronto. Obviously, my Leafs didn't do too well, as you know. But just wanted to... I'm sorry. Sorry for your <laughs> yeah. loss. Yeah, that's okay. I've been on that end many times. <laughs> Yeah, just a small little intermission. All right, so back to it. How was uh, like the, was it group projects? Did you do your own assignments? How was the professor give us a breakdown on the collaboration aspect of it since it was online, right? Yeah, most of the projects were group work, which at the time was like very annoying. But looking back, I'm extremely grateful for because now I work in a group and having that experience is extremely valuable to say, hey, I've already worked in a group. I know what it's like to collaborate with people and to communicate. So that was a huge plus looking back. 
We actually started off with a two-week sprint, design sprint, no lectures, no educators, nothing, just Figma files with all the information you need, build this out, which was really cool to kind of dive in like head first. And then after that, the rest of the 10 weeks, it's all guided course content, usually about between two and four hours a day of lectures, the rest of the time labs or working on your assignments type of thing. And there was a few individual projects. Again, most were group. And we also had one 24-hour multidisciplinary hackathon. So we got to time, team up with a bunch of UX designers. We had software engineers, we had marketing people, and then we also had data scientists as well. So that was a huge advantage to get to have that experience as well, working hands-on with developers. Awesome. And near the end of the bootcamp, what was the next steps? I'm assuming from what I've heard, the bootcamp helps build your portfolio that you can pitch during the interview process, right? Yeah, you basically spend your time working on case studies more or less during the bootcamp, but not fully fleshed out. So by the end, you could have up to six or five case studies if you continue to develop these projects out. But you have one fully fleshed out project all the way from like ideation all the way to final delivery. So that's like your main capstone project. And you have other projects like the hackathon I talked about that can be a project as well. So you have a portfolio more or less, but it's not like ready to apply for jobs in any stretch. Like it's meeting their criteria, but it's not meeting the criteria of employers. Like you're not standing out against the rest of the competition. So the next steps was the post bootcamp bootcamp, which maybe I just didn't do enough research beforehand, but I had no idea this was a thing. Like I was ready to go back to my serving job, like restaurants were opening again. I was going to be, you know, working full time and like, no, 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 you're going to be spending 30 hours a week applying for jobs, networking, posting on LinkedIn, like developing your skills, working on your portfolio. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. So that's what I did. That's great. So seeing as the post bootcamp, did the bootcamp give you any job search resources that could help you? We had this demo day and everything like led up to this huge event where there was going to be recruiters and hiring managers. And we were all going to put on a five-minute presentation about our capstone project that we'd worked on for the last 10 weeks. And there was so much pressure to you know, have a script, have a really engaging slideshow, make sure the storytelling is great, be like interesting and captivating about it. And I don't know if it was just because it was virtual, maybe the in-person ones are much more impactful, but it just was like a total bust. Like I think I was one of the only people that got reached out to by a recruiter afterwards. And there was like 50 people in my cohort and it didn't lead to anything. So maybe that could be helpful. I didn't find it personally helpful. It was good though, and that it got me like prepared to give a presentation on my project because I did end up doing that basically anytime I ever interviewed. They did have like a career coach and we would have like bi-weekly meetings to kind of check in if you had questions. And to be honest, he was phenomenal. Like you could send him a Slack message anytime he'd get back to you right away and he'd have super valuable insights but it was way more hands-off than I realized. I thought, I don't know, I thought there would be a bit more support to like kind of get you to that first position. So there's always going to be this debate. Did you think your money was worth it at the end? Even though the job search stuff wasn't really that helpful, you did have the education and the foundation to become a UX UI designer. Oh, I debate this all the time. It was so much money, like ridiculous. Like I think it was like 15,000 Canadian dollars and they had scholarships. But when you like ask about them, like I was, there was one that was like women in technology. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I can qualify for that. Like any chance to get like a price reduction. And I emailed them. I'm like, yeah, uh, what's the criteria to qualify for this scholarship? And they're like, well, which one? I'm like, you know, as per my last email, the women in technology scholarship. And they're like, great, we've applied it to your account. So it's like, oh, this is just like, 
an arbitrary discount. This is not a scholarship in any stretch. So it made it feel like the pricing was just totally like made up, which was frustrating from like the inception. So I did get a discount, but it was still like crazy expensive. In the end, did I land a job as a product designer? I did. Was it in part to do with the boot camp? Absolutely. Do I regret going to the boot camp? No. Do I think you have to go to this boot camp to be a professional product designer? No. Well, it goes back to ROI, right? Yes, yeah, so you spent $15,000, but now you have a job in the field that you were trying to get educated on, and now you're making way more than your server job, right? Definitely. But I also have to look at some of my peers from the boot camp. A lot of them did get jobs, but a lot of them didn't, and their $15,000 is just gone, right? So it also depends, like you get out of it what you put into it, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to what you said in terms of you knew your portfolio wasn't job ready. So how did you know that? Oh, just like looking at other people's portfolios that I was taking inspiration from and looking at mine, like I only had one case study. Sure, you can still get hired with one case study, but you know, best practice is probably to have three. So I knew I had work to do on that. And even just like getting feedback on it, I knew that I was consistently getting feedback on how I could improve it. It wasn't like getting feedback like, oh, this is great. Like we love this. So I knew like could read between the lines. There's still a lot of work to be done. I probably spent like the first month actually following graduation, just working on my resume and my portfolio and just continuing to like reach out to UX designers to get feedback on it until it was like pretty consistently positive. And then I knew I was at a much better place with it. All right. You said like the job search was like about 30 hours, right? And things were opening up. So you were going to go back to your server job. So did you end up going back to your server job or did you just say, you know, I'm just going to fully focus on getting my UX UI job? I did go back to work just because, you know, bills have to be paid. I ended up going back part-time, which worked out good. I ended up only probably spending about four hours a day on the job search anyway. So between that and maybe working like four shifts a week, it wasn't too much to handle. I think it ended up being a good balance. It was nice to kind of take a break from the job search as well, because as I'm sure you're familiar, it can be quite grueling. Yeah. So walk us in detail in terms of like, once you graduate, you got your certificate. You already said that you were trying to improve your portfolio. You were talking to other UX, UI designers in the field to get some feedback on your portfolio before it was job ready. So what else did you do? You also said that you worked on your resume. So why don't you give us more in terms of like the strategy on like how long it took you from like A, in terms of like all the preparation work and then B, where you actually landed the role as a product designer. Yeah. So I was actually super fortunate in my job search. I know that for a lot of people, it can take up to a year, even longer sometimes, but I spent about a month just fixing my portfolio, resume, cover letter. I wanted to make sure that if I was getting an interview and then they clicked on my portfolio, that wasn't the reason I was eliminated from the running. So anything in my power that I could control, I wanted to do it to the best of my ability. And then because of my lack of experience, you know, if they weren't going to hire me for that, that's out of my control. So it was about a month I did that. And then it was like about two months of like actively applying for jobs before I got my formal offer. Okay. So it was one month preparation and then two months applying? Exactly. Yeah. So did you only apply online or did you try the networking route to get a referral in? I did try the networking. For me, it felt a bit disingenuine just because I knew the reason I was reaching out to them is to see if they would like me and want to chat with me and have any openings. And I know that the best time to do networking is when you're not looking for a job. So I did try that a little bit, didn't get too far with that, mostly had like more informational interviews type thing. I just started with the cold applying on LinkedIn. I was just felt more comfortable with that. And that's actually how I got my job as a product designer. But on the other hand, I can totally see how working through networking on LinkedIn can be the much faster, more efficient way to go. It was my career advisor from school. He was like, 
post on LinkedIn. And I was like, cool, I paid this much money and this is the advice you have to give me. Like, thank you. So I just started posting on LinkedIn about like my job search, you know, applying for roles and whatnot. And I had like a crappy experience. Like there was one job that was like, great, we're interested, like complete this personality assessment and then take this test to see if your IQ is high enough. It's like, okay, let's give it a try. So I did all that. They're like, awesome. Like we're on to the next step. Complete this design challenge for us. Design a whole new website for us based on this information that is totally relevant to our company. And the faster you do it, the better chance you get. At this point, I was like, I haven't even talked to anybody at the company. How do I know like this is legit? Like you haven't invested anything into me and you want me to invest like, I don't know, 20 hours, 40 hours into building this fully fleshed out product for you. So I politely declined and they're like, oh, we can give you an extension. And I was like, no, like you're missing the point. I'm not interested to do this at all. Like I'm still working. I'm still applying for other jobs. Like you're not the only job on my radar. So anyways, I wrote about that story on LinkedIn and it got like huge traction, like over 200,000 people saw it. I got like over 4,000 likes and it was like within 24 hours, four or five people had reached out to me to basically offer me a referral, which was like insane to me at the time. So I can totally see that if you're comfortable posting on LinkedIn and like reaching out in that way, it's probably going to be much faster and less painful. Yeah, it's unfortunate when it comes to technical jobs such as yours or another common one is graphic design where these companies are trying to get free work. It's not really a legitimate interview. So that was obviously a red flag, right? In terms of like, from what I could tell from what you said, it's a very extensive project and had to do with them too. Usually when it comes Absolutely. to Absolutely. Yeah, usually when it comes to assessments and stuff, the projects have nothing to do with the company. They just want to assess your skill set, right? But what has to do with the company is a bit fishy, right? So what are some other red flags that you've seen in the job search so people who are aspiring UX, UI designers don't get taken advantage of? Well, for sure, the one you just mentioned, like any design challenge, I'm already like immediately less interested. Like for you to ask me to invest any time upfront, that's more than like an hour. Like if there was a whiteboarding challenge and it was an hour long and we were going to like do it together during an interview, sure. But like any kind of take-home project, I think is just kind of disrespectful to the candidate because they're already in a position where they're looking for a job. So they're kind of vulnerable and what might take on this work when they shouldn't otherwise. Other red flags. That's a good question. I guess make sure you have like your boundaries as well. Like for me, I wasn't going to relocate anywhere. So that was a hard no for me. Maybe that's not a red flag, but be aware of job postings when they're saying like hybrid or remote, but it's not really, it's just remote for now until they go back to the office or you read a little further and it says later that it's, you know, fully in office. I guess it can be a bit misleading sometimes in the job descriptions. I'm trying to think of other red flags. There's so many, but like, I think the design challenge is like the biggest one for sure. And you apply online and the job that you have now was through applying online, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things when it comes to trying to pivot to a different field where you don't have a lot of experience, some experts, so to speak, it is hard to transition from a field that you have no experience in just by applying online. That's why they do recommend the networking route. So you can build rapport and try to go in that way. So how were you able to apply online to these jobs and still get interviews, even though you didn't have any work experience in that field at that time? I think it goes back to that one month of prep work that I basically put in. So my portfolio looking now, like I can see many improvements that I could make, but as a junior designer entering the field, I think it was above average, which helps to stand out. I try to, you know, incorporate my personality as much as possible. So when you open my website, it's bright yellow. Like that's already like eye catching and memorable. Like my about me page, it's not as serious as most other designers. 
And for me, that was really important because any company that was kind of turned off by that, I didn't want to work for. I wanted to be working somewhere where I could express my full personality and feel comfortable. So making sure my portfolio was done really well was important, but also the resume and cover letter. If you would have read my resume, it would have said server, marching band instructor, and laboratory technician. And you would have done a quick scan and be like, why is this person even applying? But I was able to tie in my past experiences to make them relevant to UX or make them sound like UX. So like, for example, instead of saying, you know, I served tables of six or eight in a section and ran food and drink, I would say, you know, I interacted with people to provide them ultimate experience and problem solve for them on a daily basis and got to know what their needs were. So there's a way you can kind of actually bring value from your past experiences and make it relevant. So if you can paint that picture for the employer, I think you have a much better chance. So my cover letter, I actually really just use that as an opportunity to tie all of the loose ends together. You know, why did I want to move to this career field and why is my past experience relevant? And if they did end up reading the cover letter, I feel like that was to my advantage. And if they did take the time to read my resume, I think they would be more inclined to see that my past experience was more relevant. Yeah, there's a debate going on. I'm sure your work is on LinkedIn about like whether cover leather is useful or a waste of time. Uh, I'm always pro cover leather because you only get one shot of these jobs. And it's also good for professionals like yourself that are trying to pivot to a different field to explain your story and connect the dots if they do read it, right? So I personally recommend it. Do you think for yourself that the cover letter did help you as well in terms of connecting the dots with your previous experience to UX, UI design? I actually don't know. I don't know if they read it. I don't know if it was super helpful. I'm sure some people read it, but I don't have like the actual data to prove anything. So it's really tough to say, unfortunately. Okay, yeah. That's fair. It's always good to like get your opinion on that. Okay. So how many interviews did you get from applying online? Oh, I actually made like a diagram of this that I could check, but I probably got like around 15 to 20 phone screenings. And then from there to like first round interviews, maybe like six or seven. Okay. That's not bad. No, it and- was pretty good. That's pretty good. So visualize uh, the resume for me. So did you like talk about like your UX UI design projects in your resume, obviously with your bootcamp as well, and then your portfolio link? Did you have that as well, like your transferable skills from your previous jobs? Is that how you format it usually? Yeah, I tried to be like pretty technical of how I laid things out in UX design. There's like this phenomenon known as like a Z pattern of like how you would read like a page or a website. So trying to keep like all the information that's most important and relevant, like in the top left-hand corner with the bottom right-hand corner being like the least relevant. So I actually put like my education or like my bootcamp projects in the bottom right-hand corner, just because while that was my most relevant experience, I knew that that's not really going to impress any employers. So I wanted to put my actual experience at the top and try to tie it into UX so that when people read it, they take that away from the resume. And then I also put my education at the top on the left-hand side as well. Just because I feel like even though my degree is not in design in any stretch, it's still impressive to have a degree in biochemistry. And once they can tie that in with the lab work and see how that's relevant, I think that painted a pretty good picture of who I was as a candidate. Was your resume more graphically designed, so to speak, compared to like the standard black and white? I did initially start with that. Some of my branding is like these huge blobs that are yellow and purple and gray, and I had them kind of splashed all around. And then I took a step back and I was like, no, this is too far. Like, this is not really painting the professional image that I want to go for. Yeah, I want it to be fun, but it wasn't hitting the mark. So 
I definitely toned it down quite a bit. And every iteration of my resume since I've toned it down even more. So now I don't have any kind of graphic elements or specific styling. I just use different font weights. I have some yellow, like it's like a sunny D yellow is like my brand color. So I have that for like experiences, education for those titles, but everything else I've just kept black and gray to just keep it very minimal so that the focus is really on the information. I think it can be very tempting as a designer to want to like prove how great your visual skills are, but I think it can actually take away from the content that's on your resume. Yeah. So simple is better, right? Simple, clear is better. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't you walk us through your experience with interviewing? You said you had six, right? Was it six? Yeah, that I can think of. I had six first rounds. I had two different companies or three actually that I got to final round interviews with. Okay. So what was your experience like going through that process? Like, how did you prepare so you set yourself up for success? So I actually went to the library and got a book. It was like best interview practices. And I read it from cover to cover like twice and actually had some pretty valuable information there, even for like Zoom interviews and like what you should wear, like make sure it's quiet, you know, make sure your phone is fully charged, like just like little things like that. And then actually all the way to teaching you how to answer the questions, like with the star method for behavioral questions and things like that. So I would actually look online and you could just type in, you know, UX interview questions and like hundreds of websites will come up with examples. And those are the questions they will ask you. So I practiced and I made sure I had an answer for every single one that I was comfortable chatting about and felt easy to remember. And then for the behavioral questions, those can be a bit more varied, but more or less, they're kind of all getting at the same thing. You know, tell me about a time where you didn't get along with a coworker or tell me about a time you had to think fast on your feet. Like if I actually kind of boiled it down to like five stories that I could kind of use in place for any of these questions, because for most interviews, there won't be more than three or five I've found in my experience. So I had those stories ready to go, you know, with the start method, starting with the situation, the action, the task, and then the resolution. So having all that prepared and ready to go really eased my anxiety quite a bit because interviewing is very nerve wracking. And the, actually the other thing that I did to practice, which I 100% recommend, but is so uncomfortable is to have the questions open and record yourself and watch it back later. That is so uncomfortable, but you'll learn a lot very quickly about how you interview. Yeah. So I'm assuming you go on Zoom by yourself and then just hit the record button and then play it back once you download the file. Is that how you did it? Yeah. Or you can screen record or even on your just your iPhone, just like prop it up next to your computer and watch it back. Okay. Not from an interview perspective, like for me, I always was uncomfortable looking at myself all the time, but now I'm so used to it because like podcasting, interviewing with you. You have to be, yeah. You have to be to like push your brand out, right? So speaking of brand, you are still posting a lot on LinkedIn. What usually happens is people like they post on LinkedIn when they're looking for work, but then when they get the job, they kind of fall on the wayside, but you're still posting and you're sharing some of your job search stories or just stories as a product designer. So what made you decide to keep going and giving value to the community, even when you did end up getting the job that you're looking for? I felt like it would be really easy for me to be like, oh, I went to the boot camp, Like I got the job. I'm a product designer. Like I know it all, which could not be further from the truth. Like every single day there is something new that I'm learning. And I think it can be a misconception and almost stigmatized in the UX community that like all these bootcamp grads, they think they know everything. And I just want to share that there's still so much to learn afterwards. I'm taking courses right now. I'm having coffee chats weekly. I'm mentoring. I'm reading books. Like there's so much you should still be doing. And I want to just put it out there that these are things we should be doing because the learning doesn't stop after the boot camp. 
I think that's a good thing to emphasize because a lot of these boot camps, whether it's UX, UI design or coding, most people go in assuming that they'll learn everything they need to learn for the job and then that's it. But UX, UI design is always evolving. Same with like programming, different languages, different techniques that get created. So you always have to increase your knowledge to stay in the market, right? Stay competitive in the market. So how do you carve out time with your full-time job and still try to learn new techniques as you improve yourself as a product designer? It can be a lot. Luckily, my work is super supportive of me and my continued education. So they're actually paying for me to take courses online. I actually posted in our Slack channel that I had ordered a book on Amazon that I was really excited about called Articulating Design Decisions. Just throw that out there. It's only in the first chapter, but it's already awesome. And I was like, has anybody read this? And they're like, no, but we love that. And let's start a book club and let's buy everybody books every quarter so we can discuss them. So my work is super supportive of me doing that as well, which is a huge help. And then like the catch is that I actually really enjoy UX design. So I want to keep learning about it. So it doesn't really feel like a chore, like after hours to be doing some reading or like having a coffee chat with somebody or thinking of something to post on LinkedIn. Like I fundamentally enjoy it. So yeah, it just makes it easier. Great. So when you were done the six interviews, you said that two of them went to the further in, right? Was it two? Yeah, exactly. Do you get both offers for both or did you just get one offer for the two? No, actually, that was like probably the hardest part of my job search. Like this was a company I was super excited to apply for. It's like dream company. Like I love to do a lot of traveling and, you know, kind of based in that travel and tourism industry. There was going to be like flight perks. It was based in Calgary. Like the team seemed awesome. Like I really liked people had interviewed with and they were hiring eight people and like I'd gone on so well with them. Like it was like a no brainer. And then it was like midnight. I was still up because I just got off my serving shift and I checked my email and I got like a generic, like, thank you for applying. We're moving on with other candidates. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, I was crushed. I was totally crushed because I just got my hopes up and I kind of had all my eggs in one basket and I just took like a week off to recover. Just ate ice cream in bed. I was like, I need to just take a step back. So that was really rough. But the second one, I did get the offer and actually was interviewing with another company at the same time, was at their final round and was expecting maybe to get an offer from them as well. So it ended up working out in the end. Yeah. So what was the job that you got? What was the full interview process in summary? So for example, you got their screening call, I'm assuming design challenge, and then a few rounds of interviews. Is that how it went down? So that's what you would think. And that's pretty standard. But again, super lucky in this case, I had an HR screening that was half an hour and me and the guy just like chatted about like marching band and like shot the shit for half an hour. It was super easy. And then I had a two hour virtual interview, which was super nerve wracking to just be like on and presentable and like ready to go for two hours. But it was the hiring manager. She would come in and then she introduced the team that I'd be working on. So I met the developer, the QA data scientists, the whole team, and then they left and then the design team came in. So I met all of the designers because those are the two teams I would be primarily working with. And the context of the interview was to basically give a presentation of my portfolio for about an hour. So I gave like an in-detail presentation for 45 minutes, basically on two of my case studies, my full capstone, which was that one fleshed out project that I did. And then I picked one other where I had worked with a developer to kind of showcase my abilities and skills in a different way. And then left some time for questions. And yeah, that was it. Afterwards, I got a phone call and they offered me the position. So that's not how it normally goes. I want to just make that abundantly clear. Like most interview steps are like quite involved. But actually for both companies where I got to final rounds, it was just a two-step interview process. 
And what was the time like, so to speak, from the last interview to the job offer? Was it right away or was it like a few days? I think it was about a week, if okay. I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. All right. And once you got the job offer, what was your reaction? Oh my gosh. I was like over the moon. Like we went up for lunch to celebrate. I was calling my grandparents, my mom, my sister. It was just like a sense of relief because you invest so much up front to like go to this boot camp, take time to, you know, learn all the information, you're applying for jobs and just for it to like come to an end and feel like you've made it. Like it's such a rewarding feeling. So your job search was three months, right? One month of preparation and then two months of job searching, right? Yes, that's right. Oh, that's fairly quick. It yeah. was. Yeah, I recognize that now. It didn't feel like it at the time, but looking back and hearing other people's stories, I know that it is. Yeah, I heard a stat is like a job search usually takes about six months and like you didn't have the time, right? But again, like you said, I think the preparation in that one month really helped accelerate the speed of the job search, right? Especially what you said about the portfolio where they want you to walk through it for 45 minutes. Like if you didn't have like a strong portfolio, which you knew you didn't have when you first graduated, it will obviously went a bit different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about your experience, let's say the first 30, 60 days at the job. Did you feel overwhelmed? Say, oh, this is my first UX UI design job or you're going to throw me like a whole bunch of tasks I'm not really sure about. Like, What was your feeling and how did you mitigate those feelings to make sure you're doing a good job at your new role? So initially, I actually had to push back my start date because I had already planned a vacation and I was going to be away. So they already felt like I was letting them down. And then while I was on my vacation, I met again with my friend whose cousin had done the same program. They're like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Like she just got let go at her three-month mark because she postponed her start date and she exaggerated her level of experience on her resume and it wasn't a good fit. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like I've already pushed back my start date. Like I don't think I exaggerated anything. So it like kind of planted the seed of doubt in my head when really the whole time I should have been like, out of everyone that applied, they picked me. Like they want me and they want me to succeed. Like that's how I should have been approaching this in the first place. But to be honest with you, like even the first three months, like I was still nervous of making like any mistake and being let go just because of that story that someone had shared with me, which in hindsight, again, shouldn't have been worried about because if there was a problem, like any normal person would just be like, hey, Emily, like, this isn't, you know, meeting the mark. Let's try this instead. Or like, let's help you to get to this level. There's no just instant firing generally from any good company. So I actually kept my serving job part-time the whole time because I was so nervous. And I just wanted to make sure I had something to fall back on in case it didn't end up working out. Obviously, like nine months later, everything worked out. Spoiler alert, there was no problems. I've never been told that my work wasn't up to par or anything like that. So I don't know, I was just kind of like worried for nothing looking back. It's kind of sad. Yeah, everybody gets that imposter syndrome when they land a job in a new field that they don't have work experience yet, right? But you're able to push through. Yes, thankfully, that is dissipating more and more as the time goes on. I'm not sure if you're able to share this, but what's the proudest thing that you've done so far at work? Proudest thing I've done so far at work? That's a good question. Actually, it might have been one of the first projects I started on. I kind of expected that, you know, it's my first product designer job. Like, even though my title's product designer, I know I'm a junior, they know I'm a junior, like, they're going to tell me to design something small, then they're going to review it, and then they're going to iterate it. And then the senior designer is going to take it from there. They were like, hey, like, what do you think is wrong with the onboarding right now? And it's like, oh, well, you know, you just kind of like plopped into the product and there's no assistance. Like you don't know where to click. You don't know what to do. We need like a checklist would be really good or some kind of assistance. They're like, okay, cool. Build that. I was like, oh, okay, sure. And it was just like me building it. There was no one telling me what to do, what to put where. 
And I actually find it much more challenging to design when you just have a blank canvas versus like what you know needs to be there and maybe you should move it around a little bit or you have some existing components. Nope, just totally blank. So I came up with an onboarding checklist and we actually ran lots of experiments on it. We still are trying to figure out the right order of the options. What options should we have? Shouldn't we have for different company sizes that sign on? Maybe they have a different checklist than somebody with a company size of two. So it actually really shaped a lot of the work that we did. And it feels like I had a huge say in that, which was cool. From working at your job now and then at the bootcamp, you did learn a lot of tools, right? For example, I think Figma is one of them. Are you learning new tools as well from a design perspective? Or are you not using as many as you used to from the bootcamp? Where are you in terms of that aspect of your career? Figma is definitely the gold standard. My company uses that. And it seems like most companies are using that these days, which is great. Love using Figma. It does have some limitations. So if you want to do more advanced prototyping, some things I've been diving into is like Adobe After Effects and making Lottie files. And a huge area that I don't have a lot of experiences that I'm looking to learn more about is actually coding in CSS and HTML. It's just a huge asset as a designer when you can easily communicate with the developer exactly how you want something designed. And you know, you can see basically if something will be feasible or not versus as a designer, you just make this really cool flashy animation and you show the developer, they're going to be like, what do you want me to do with this? You know, how can I code this? So there are workarounds for that. And the more I go, the more programs that I'm learning and it just makes it smoother in the work environment. So uh, as a follow-up question that you talk about like After Effects, like additional tools, what are some of the tools that you're looking to master in the next year or so to become even a better product UX UI designer? I'm actually really focusing right now on visual design. That's a huge area of opportunity for me since my background is more research. So I do have a creative... I, and I think that I can be good at it, but there's still so much for me to learn. So I'm taking courses on visual design right now. Next is going to be, like I said, CSS and HTML, even just learning the basics. I don't think I'm going to master that, but if I can have some sense of how to communicate using that language, that's going to be hugely beneficial. And actually the last thing skill that I'm trying to master, again, I think master is maybe a too strong word, but working on actively is just being confident and the ability to speak up in meetings and feeling like my voice really matters, which can be hard when you're the youngest person in the room with the least amount of experience. To wrap it up, what are some three learning lessons that you can provide aspiring UX UI designers with throughout your journey from starting in hospitality, going to the bootcamp, pivoting into UX UI design through the job search process? I would say from my career counselor at school, the best advice he gave me was post on LinkedIn, which I hate to say it, but was excellent advice. It opened up a lot of doors for me. Start doing that. It's not too soon to start sharing that you're looking to go to school and you're doing this passion project and you learn this in class. Like Those are the kind of things that people want to see. Your past experience is relevant, even if you don't think it is. It probably is. So start drawing those lines and painting that picture for hiring managers so that you don't start off with that zero. You actually have more than you think and think about how it's relevant. And one more, I guess I would just say hang in there. Like I'm very fortunate in that my job search was so short. I know it's not like that for most others, but if you put in the work, it can happen for you. So just hang in there. And what advice can you provide for people that are not in UX UI design yet, but they were thinking about such as yourself? What can you say in terms of like pushing them to make that jump to go for it? Oh, why are you waiting? Like I did this too. I had finished my career counseling in like the summer of 2020. And then it was like January of 2021 that I finally like kicked myself into gear. I felt like it was too late or, you know, maybe it wasn't the right choice, but like looking back, it was the best career decision I've ever made. And why didn't I start sooner is like the question I always ask myself. So just, I don't know, what are you waiting for? 
That's great. And I ask this question for every guest that comes on my podcast. So as you're aware, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to help them get to where they want to go in their career. So what has been one big career challenge that you faced during your career? It doesn't have to be UX UI design. It could be earlier in your career. What was that big challenge and what were the steps you took to overcome it to get to where you are today? Biggest career challenge? That's a good question. I'm trying to think. There were so many challenges serving like on a daily basis. Let me just tell you, I can only begin to tell you the stories of people I had to kick out of bathrooms that were using drugs or flashing the restaurant or calling the police. I guess the biggest challenge was maybe feeling stuck in a career I wasn't fulfilled in and feeling like I had to keep doing, going down a path to medicine because I was already on it and everything had led to that point anyways. It would all be for nothing if I just turned around and it couldn't be further from the truth. Like everything I learned in university and all of those experiences are absolutely relevant to what I'm doing today. And yeah, just make the change. Like don't feel stuck. Like you can do something about it. Awesome. And how can people contact you to learn more about your career journey or if they're looking for advice to get into UX UI design? I'm definitely most active on LinkedIn. You can find me. My handle is emily Masaryk. Um, pretty easy to find there. You can also check out my portfolio, actually about to be redesigning it, but right now it's www.dandydesign.ca. Again, I really appreciate the time and I hope the people that are listening that are aspiring UX UI designers to take that jump and get the education they need to get the career they want. I hope so too. Thanks for chatting. It was great. Thank you again to Emily for coming on my podcast and sharing her journey on how she was able to successfully pivot into UX UI design. She said at the end of the episode, if there's something that you're interested in doing, such as UX UI design, and you still haven't taken action to do it, what are you waiting for? From my personal experience, the hardest thing is to get started. But once you get started, the biggest regret that you'll have is that you didn't start sooner. As always, if you want to hear my own thoughts and insights based on this episode, then make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you are a professional that's looking to take your career to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post content on the job search and give you career advice to help you take your career to the direction that you want it to go. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to join. Again, this is Chan with The Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.